Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master's Studio, where we talk about tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can do to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today's topic, we're going to be looking at how to get set up for your first time as a GM and some tips and words of encouragement to help you pursue that endeavor. In the studio today, my name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show. With me is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath and semi-professional DM, and Ed. Goonies never say die! Die! Goonies never say die. Live? Yay. So today we are talking about the first time that you sit down at the head of the table as a DM. We have a general population that has a bit of a shortage of DMs. You have a lot of groups where you have four to five players and one DM. And that means that that same person is running games over and over and over again. Our group here, the studio, and the groups that we play with, have actually tended to be blessed with having multiple people who are willing to GM. So we're able to cycle out, and that helps keep the game fresh. It helps keep you from burning out from running on a single player. So what we're talking about today is things we can try to do for those people who want to step up and DM for the first time for their group, and how they can get started on how they can get off to a good, successful start to a career running games. Mm So anybody want to jump in the first steps? I'd say first thing, not to steal a slogan from Nike, but first thing is just do it. I mean, a lot of people have this fear that, um, oh, maybe I won't be a good GM, maybe people won't like my story, that sort of thing. Uh, don't worry about any of that. You know, Don't worry about if you don't know all the rules. Don't worry. Like, yes, it's better to know the rules, but don't worry about not knowing them. Just think to yourself, do you have a story in mind that you would like to run? And then just kind of, you know, go from there with some of the steps we're going to give you here or earlier in our podcast or even later. Uh, and uh, just put stuff together. But just do it, you know. Throw, throw yourself into that pit. Let it happen. And then do it again later at another time. And before you know it, you'll have GM'd a couple of games. People probably would have liked them, you know. I mean, it's, it's not as hard as some people make it out to be when they're first thinking about, man, do I want to do this? I've seen people freak out, like, oh, no, I'm not going to be any good. I don't want to do it. It's kind of weird. I have seen people prepare games and say they want to play and build maps and write storylines and get everything right up into let's get a group together and sit down and then go, nope, I'm not going to do it. So all that prep work isn't as important as just sitting down and actually doing it for the first time. Right. And I think it's also one of those things that once you've done it once or twice, you'll be like, wait, this, I was scared of this? Yes. I was worried about this? You know, it's the worst that can happen is you don't have a good game session. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like most things, you know, you kind of the fear of the unknown. Like, until you do it, you don't know. 
Um, you do it a few times and you're like, you know, you can start coasting through and autopiloting it, you know, before you know it. But yeah, I mean, the first thing, first step, like you guys said, is just, just do it. Even if you're new to a system, like even if you're new to tabletop role-playing, if you want to, if you think you would be more enjoyable as a DM, and as long as you have a group of people that are okay with, you know, like letting you take it, you know, right out. I'm not saying don't know the rules to a system. That's, you know, an important thing, but you know, just, if you want to do it, just give it a try, you know, just maybe even try doing, being like a storyteller without even having to worry about a rule system. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, Hey, you know, what's, you know, I'm thinking about playing with my kids for the first time. They're all really young. What system do you recommend? And I actually said, none, just tell a story, ask yeah. them what they want to do at certain moments. You know, when they're, it's their character's time to make a decision yeah. and then you tell them what happens. Just be a storyteller. As if you're an author of a book, don't worry about a system. Don't worry about rolling dice. You know, that can come in later, especially with small kids. And the same can be true for like, you know, an early DM, like, well, I don't really know how to play D and D very well, but I think being a DM would be kind of cool. Well, let's just yeah. take, take it. Let's try some training wheels. See what happens. Let's see how well you can tell a story. Yeah, uh, I have a couple of good experiences with both of those. Um, I there was a uh, a game that I actually ran. We just wanted to do like a one stop thing, so I'm like, okay, everyone roll, you know, some dice for stats, and I just made up some stuff, and I gave them all like a couple of hundred magic points is all I called it. And I'm like, okay, uh, you guys are essentially uh, godlings, and here's the world. Uh, and I just go around the table, you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to create a thing? You know, do you want to do that? And it was really cool that everyone just kind of, um, uh, kind of just expand their idea and what they wanted to do. You know, like one, one guy was making like nothing but like Cthulhu style creatures and plants and that sort of thing. And someone else was just kind of making their own little sort of ecosystem to put together and make their own race. And it was really cool. And eventually there's conflict, but that's part of the fun of it. And then I actually played in one uh, a girl had GM'd for us who we were all just kind of sitting around. We wanted to play something, but no one was sure what. And she's like, okay. And she kind of used this similar concept of you care, your characters are gods. So, like, describe what your character, you know, would be like. So we both kind of described it. You know, it's just two players and one GM. And she's like, okay, so this is what's happening. What do you want to do? And would say it. And she's like, okay, so then this happens. What do you want to do? And then she just created a narrative that we followed. Mm-hmm. And that was... A lot of fun. I had a blast that night. And no, Nobelis is a uh, diceless gaming system in which each player plays a god, and the general result of it is, unless your action is being opposed by another god, you succeed because, hey, you're gods. Right. But things like that, where you can just sort of put something together, you know, and just kind of have fun, use your imagination, that might be the best first step. Or if you if you have been playing a game system that you really like and you want to use that system... Maybe you know it well enough that you know that you like it, but maybe you're not a rules expert. That's still okay. Mm-hmm. You know, use that system however you want to do it. I think that would be also a good tip uh, if you're cycling out, if you have a regular DM and you want to play the same system that they play, yeah. have them there as a player to give you assistance. Yeah. Um, it's the rules lawyer for good that we've kind of mentioned before the the freelance mechanics consultant yeah or like an assistant dm which is not unheard of you know there are people out there that have groups where like this is my assistant dm they're here to back me up you know they start talking about oh i think we need to tackle this guy and the and the assistant is already looking up the rules for grappling you know stuff like that staying one step ahead so that we can keep the game flowing keep it moving and keep that story in there which is really the the key point it's actually kind of funny. The the game I have going on Monday nights, uh, when we first started, the GM was still pretty new. And so I was sort of the assistant GM whenever there was a need for a ruling. I'd 
you know, help out with that, you know, and find where it is and kind of tell him how, you know, we would do it or that sort of thing. But then as the game has progressed, he's actually become a little bit better at the rules than I have. Mostly because he knows the situations that are coming up and he looks into them on his own mm-hmm. just to get it. And and there have been times, especially within the last couple of weeks or months or so, where he's come up with a ruling. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. But then I check it. I'm like, no, he's exactly right. Nice. So that's, that's hey, and that's, that's a guy who started out with very little GMing experience. And then over the course of... This campaign has been running, has grown in that experience, mm-hmm. you know, and now he's a, a, a good and confident GM. So, I think you do want to, as we've talked about before, it's about finding the right mix of players for right. your system. Um, you may have a group that you enjoy playing with, but then if you were to get up in front of them and try to run, it may not work out so well. So you want to make sure that you've got a good group that's understanding of the fact that, you know, you haven't been game been a game master before that you're just trying this out see how it goes people kind of work with that to give you that uh positive first experience that i think could really help springboard people into a good career of dming yeah yeah that's a, a good point that you might fit perfectly into a group as a, your your standard player type whereas that group might not be the ideal group for you as a gm uh, that's a good point you know um just because every group is different, you know, the, and the 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 chemistry between groups and GMs, you know, it varies quite a bit. So, and a lot of it comes with time. So, I mean, as long as they're understanding that you're new, and they're willing to work with you in that regard, but also that they're willing to adapt to your style, because they might be just kind of like really just kind of stuck in their ways with the other GMs, you know, style compared to like how mm-hmm. yours might be different. Especially if you're going to start out where, again, you know, focusing more on the storytelling, which I think is, you know, the most important aspect of being a GM is just telling an interesting story. Like the rules are just there to help you guide you through the system of how to, you know, take advantage of mechanics and and, and make you feel like you have like some real control instead of the, just the GM telling you what's what is happening. But I mean, what all comes down to the GM telling a nice, cool, awesome story and keeping everyone entertained and having fun. Right. So. Right. And in that case, it's almost the dice are more giving you ideas of where the story should go next. Okay, we're going to try this. Do we succeed or fail? Roll the die to find out, and now we know how the story progresses. Yeah, it's adding a little bit of uh, like a little bit of uh, natural selection or like chaos to the yeah. game. Yeah, and depending on how you build your story, you might have like some encounters that are like definite no's so maybe you plan an orc fight and then the bard goes and rolls a 20 on his diplomacy you know it's okay to say well some of them won't go on first initiative but there's still a fight you know you can you can do things like that or some of them are like okay maybe we shouldn't fight but it's still gonna happen you know it's okay to have those kind of hard yeses and no's i would say don't make that your your permanent style but you know, it, it's, I mean, it's one of those things that you have to, you're going to have to learn for yourself as to how you want to GM in that, in that fashion. But it, it, as a fledgling GM, as a new kind of, uh, kind of person at it, where maybe if you, if your strength isn't uh, ad-libbing and going with the flow, then it's okay to have those kind of, kind of yes and no areas. I would, I would hope that you would wean yourself off of that eventually, but starting out, that's all right. You just got to make sure your players know that that might be a thing because you have sort of a, you know, kind of a straight line narrative where you're going. That's okay to have that. But I, th- I think that's another kind of 
point that plays off that that I think is important for first-time GMs to realize, uh, that it's okay to say no to your players. Yeah. Oh, I rolled a 20 on my diplomacy check. Does the king hand over the country to me? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I'm personal, one of my personal peeves as a DM is the belief that a natural 20 can do anything. It can give you the highest level of success possible, but it's not going to, for example, talk the king into handing the country over to you. Right. I like in combat that a 20 is a hit, but, you know, in skill checks, a 20 is an unautomatic success. Yeah, it's not an auto success. Right. You know, you add your bonus to it, and I think that's certainly a thing to think about. I like that too, and it doesn't even have to be that that extreme. You know, uh, I I roll a diplomacy for the bartender to give me uh, free drinks. No, he's a businessman. He's trying to make money. He, yeah, he I just met you. Thank you God drinks. you gave me a nice little speech about how you don't have any money, but uh, I'm still gonna charge you for drinks because how I make a living. <laughs> right, we can open a tab. Yeah, but. No, you do need to pay eventually. Uh, you know, I might I might be willing to barter with you, and you know you can do some work for me tomorrow, some trade some labor off or something like that. You know what I mean? But I'm you're not getting free drinks. Yeah, get in the back and wash some dishes. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice sword you got. <laughs> yeah, I'll barter with you. We can we can go a, you know communists on this if you right. want. But <laughs> and I think the flip side is yeah, also free trade. <laughs> I think the flip side of that is also don't be afraid to say yes to your players. Agreed. Because if they say. No, I don't want to go hunt the orcs. Uh, you said that they mentioned there was a giant in the mountains to the east. I want to go see the giant. Uh, well, I was planning on you going and fighting the orcs, but um, sure, we can go after the giant instead. You know, your, your players are going to do stuff that you're not necessarily expecting. If your players yes. are doing stuff intentionally to mess with you, that's a different issue. That's, you know, talk to the players about not being a jerk right. at the table. But your players are going to do things that, to them, are perfectly logical, perfectly reasonable, a fine train of thought, and you never saw it coming. Right. I've had that plenty of times in my own career where I'm like, okay, this is how they're going to approach it. And we get to the table and the players say, we're doing X. You, Wait, you're doing what? Uh, okay. But you need to yeah that would be a big thing that i would warn you know all gms about you know new or not just expect the unexpected there's no you're never going to be able to anticipate anything you know everything that comes up at the table just be ready to roll with the punches yeah part of that too is you know we've mentioned it before know your players we're not saying you have to have in-depth knowledge of all the player types we do have you know earlier in our podcast we talk about that and and it's certainly good to go over that but that's not what i mean here if you have experienced players, people have been role-playing for a while, they kind of know what's going on, more than likely, so long as they're not total dicks, more than likely, with a new GM, they're going to go with what you give them. Because they're, they're going to play along to your story because they know it's your first time. They want to try to make it as easy as possible for you. If you're playing with new players, let's say you're all new and you decide, okay, I'll be the GM, what do I do? You know, One thing to do is know your players as new players they're going to want to adventure. They're going to want to explore. The thing you present to them might not be the thing they immediately want to go do. So definitely, like, certainly always be prepared for the unexpected, but know that with experience, inexperienced players as well or newer players, they're going to provide that challenge of, hey, can I go do this? And you don't want to necessarily say no to that. Again, as a new GM, you, you can. You can rein them in and be like, well, maybe you can do that a little bit, but we're going to go back to this. You can do that where you rein them in, but also explore with them. And really, that will open up your 
really your skill level, your ability to adapt to those sort of situations. Yeah, and expect lots of questions. New player or experienced player, anticipate a lot of ex- uh, uh, questions about any random object that they encounter, any area that they come across. Experienced players are going to ask you questions because they're trying to get as much information as possible so they can handle the situation in the manner that they think most appropriate. Newer players are going to have a thousand and one questions because they're just, they don't know, and they're trying to get the, the picture in their head of what's going on. Right. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, you come across the stream. Okay, well, how wide is the stream? How deep is the stream? What color of water is the stream? Is there a bridge nearby? Are they, how close is the nearest tree line? You know, like just, and whether all the... Calm? Is it rapids? Can I see yeah. fish? And whether you consider those, you know, the answers to some of those questions important or not, they will make them important. So just make sure that you're paying attention to what you're saying and that, you know, you're putting a little bit of thought into, you know, the answers to some of these questions because... The players will try to make use of all the information you give them, and they might come up with something that you never saw coming in a thousand years. I also brought up that with the the fish thing because I did have an instance where uh, players came up to a river and they started asking about the fish, and it took a few minutes as they started asking some of the other questions for some of the other players at the table to realize that, wait, you're thinking of like starting up a fishing business here? Well, it was just an idea that crossed my mind, and they, the other players, said to kind of like, "No, we we're on a we're on a quest. We're on a quest. Stop trying to make a business. It doesn't mean I can't make a mark on the map and come back to this later. So yeah. later, someone finds the treasure map. There's a big X over here in the stream. <laughs> that must be where they buried their treasure. Okay, we're gonna have to dam up the stream, divert it. We're gonna start digging into the riverbed once we've got it dried out. Uh, yeah, another good thing, obviously, for you know new DMs. I mean, we mentioned earlier that you know knowing the rules isn't that important. But you know, if you are going to choose a system, the more that you know the rules, the better you can be prepared for your players to try to twist the rules intentionally or not, or just be able to answer their questions. You know, hey, can I climb this? Yes, okay. Just make a you know a, an athletics check, and I'm looking for 15. Okay, instead of like, oh, hey, can I climb this? I don't know. Can you? So. When you first start playing, now you, you may be in a situation where it's you and a bunch of players, again, the none of you have done anything with this, and you pick up some books and you decide, let's make some characters, and then we're going to run something. You've decided you're going to be the GM. So that doesn't give you a lot of time to really look through the book and see what's going on. But as you build characters, you'll kind of get an idea of what's going on, okay? Um, so, uh, but this suggestion is for maybe after that first session when you have more time, or if you do have time to, to plan, re- just read the book. I remember the first time, the first game I ever ran was a Vampire the Masquerade game. And by the way, by the way, for new players, uh, the first combat encounter I had in that system, I forgot to have my villains go two turns in a row. (laughs) So that turned into that the in the uh, the outnumbered the heroes two to one, and after two turns, I'm thinking, these guys have done nothing. Like I thought, this how are they not challenging my players at all? And then I realized, oh, they haven't gone. They haven't done anything. <laughs> so don't be afraid to make mistakes. We've all made them. Um, but if you get the chance, read read the book. I, I read the Vampire of the Masquerade book cover to cover uh, before I ran that one. Uh, and I've read um, the D&D books cover to cover, you know, before I read them. Um, I have books that I just, like, game rule books that I just enjoy reading. Like, 
Deadlands and Warhammer that I'll just read, even though I've never run a Deadlands game, I haven't run Warhammer in years, I'll still just go back and read the books occasionally just because I enjoy the system. Yeah. And, you know, just to brush up on it, so. Yeah, and most of these books, they're going to have flavor text in them, so there'll be some stuff that'll be interesting to read, but most of it's going to be rules, so it's going to be pretty dry, but, you know, if you're into playing the game and you want to run the game, then I don't think it's going to be a in any way a bad read, you know, it's you definitely want to read through it, you want to know what's going on. And it gives you enough information that your brain's going to keep processing it. So, I mean, I've, for systems that at least I guess I enjoy, I've never been, I've never thought reading through the, the rule book was dull. You know, I've I've never read through the rule book more than once, maybe twice in some situ- situations if I didn't quite get it. But, I mean, beyond that. So don't be afraid to focus on the parts of the, the rules that you absolutely need. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've read, th- like... Speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide, I don't think I've read through every single magical item in the in oh, any no. version of that book, just because I didn't need to know about it. No. You know, so if you're feeling overwhelmed, be aware that you don't necessarily need to read them cover to cover. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with something like Vampire the Masquerade, which is a hugely in-depth for storytelling, right. um, there's so much in there that's good. Yeah. But other books, not necessarily need to read everything. Also, some systems... If you are running a system, some systems will have a dungeon master or, or, or game master guide. I would definitely, along with, uh, if you're looking for tips, along with our podcast, I would definitely pick those up. Really, any role-playing system guide is going to give you really good advice on how to run a game. Yeah. Um, but of course, if you're running 5th edition D&D, your best, your, the best thing for you would be the 5th edition D&D player, or GM's guide. It has those tips write in the book how to run a game. You know, it'll give you some ideas, sort of thing. I can tell you some of the ones from my experience right off the top of my head that are good generic ones. Um, The Dungeons & Dragons 4th Edition Dungeons Master's Guide, even though 4th Edition was not widely well-received, the Dungeon Master's Guide did get some good props for having information, generic game-running information, handling players, identifying player types, stuff like that, and that's really good. Uh, any of the World of Darkness, White Wolf, so Vampire, Werewolf, Mage, Hunter, they all have a chapter on storytelling, which is their their Game Master is called The Storyteller. And The Storyteller chapter in any of those books gives a lot of tips and tricks about how to build a story, how to have that going. So I think there's some good generic information in there if you can get your hands on any of those. I'm sure there are other books that have good generic DMing tips. And if you think of any, feel free to chip in. But those, the White Wolf and specifically the fourth edition D&D both have some good generic stuff in them. Yeah, another one that I've read online about, and I picked up the book, but I haven't honestly had a chance to read through it, so I can cannot confirm, but I think it's called Dungeon World. It's basically written by some guys that like left Dungeons & Dragons, or they used to play Dungeons & Dragons, but they didn't like all the rules, and so it's another one of those diceless systems, you know, like, so yep. it's just based around, like, telling the story and making decisions, you know, based off of, the, you know, how the players are, you know, proceeding. But the whole book is just, you know, again, it's supposed to be the whole system in one book, you know, including like the GM's guide, but it's just overall just kind of a good read. And also one of those that, you you know, again, from what I've read, but cannot confirm because I have not read it myself. It's one of those systems that it's actually supposed to be like good practice to sit down like with your D&D group or whatever group you're playing and just play this game at least once. Mm-hmm. 
just to kind of break people from the mindset of having to roll dice in order to make decisions in order to get through a game. It's supposed to be like one of those like, I like that. like a good palate cleanser kind of deal. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, actually, speaking of books that you've picked up, another tip for the DMs um, would be to practice their improv. Oh yes, which brings yeah. us back to play unsafe. Yes, play unsafe. Great book. It's only like 70, 80 pages, but it's a very quick read. You know, it's 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 eighty small pages with large print, so it doesn't. It's not even as big a book as it looks, and it's not a big looking book to begin with. You can probably read it in an hour. Practicing your improv skills, though, will help as a DM. It helps you make those decisions on a fly, on the fly, right. answer those questions that you didn't expect, figure out what to do when they want to go chasing giants instead of fighting orcs. Yeah, absolutely. I've read the book several times. I have a digital and a physical copy of it, and I re- have recommended it to pretty much every player I've ever had, you know, experienced or not, just because you can never know enough about uh, improving, and there's some just some really good concepts in there. Um, you know, like one of the biggest concepts for improv in general, you know, at the table or on stage is just like the whole concept of like, don't say no, you say yes. And yep. dot, dot, dot. That's, that's yeah. That's one of the basic rules of improv is yes. And mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And yeah. So um, I don't know. I got nothing else, <laughs> but that's just a huge thing. And like, and especially useful for, in my opinion, you know, game masters, you know, cause you don't want to be shutting down ideas from your players. You want to be encouraging right. ideas from your players. So instead of saying no and completely shutting them down, not that it's, it's again, like I said earlier, it is okay to say no, but if you can, it's better to say yes and, and just work with them. You know, like, okay, well, I rolled really high on my diplomacy check. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to talk the bartender into giving me free drinks. Okay, well, yes, you did roll a really high diplomacy check. He's not going to give you free drinks, but, you know, this, you know, like, here's that kind of situation. So yeah. not really saying no, but, you know, but still working off of what they're going for. Or say, yes, he's going to give you free drinks, and this is what's going to happen. But in return, you're going to be doing doing some labor or some favors for him tomorrow. Well, the, the difference, so with improv, there's no story. You're just going in and you're creating the story as you go. So yes and is perfect. But it's okay to have a, a, the yes and system in there, but sometimes the no but system works fine too. Yeah. Where it's, you know, can I do this thing? No, but there's this other option. Right. So, so give them something else to go along with. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine because it's mm-hmm. a game. You know, maybe, you know, you you designed a level to be a certain way or a room to 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 have a certain feel to it and then you know someone asks is is there this is there a couch in the room no but there's plenty of places to sit along the sides there's benches that sort mm-hmm. of thing yeah you know maybe maybe that's uh, uh something that you do but that's certainly certainly fine i'd say yes and but also no but mhm yeah they're kind of two sides of the same gray area you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Certainly, if certainly if if I were you know if we were doing an improv sketches or what or whatever, I wouldn't think of no but. But as far as the GM's concerned, yeah. it's necessary. I think. Yeah, from time to time, it definitely is necessary. Feng Shui is a great game system that uses uh, player input to help build the story. I've just done some one shots with it, mm-hmm. and largely, it started off with the player saying, "Oh well, is there this? You know, is yeah. is there a chandelier in the room? Is there a, like a window by the street?" Do you need there to be? Yeah. Okay, then there is now. Sure. You know, letting those players build that story with you together. um, Yeah, and I I think both schools are just great. You know, if you already have an idea of what you want the street to be like, then go with what you have. If you have no idea what you want the street to be like, 
then take whatever player suggestion comes up that makes sense and go with it. Or if you find yourself in a middle ground where you have an idea but you don't care, then go with what the player says. If you are absolutely, you know, all of all of my telephone posts are 10 feet tall. Is there one that's 12? No! That's fine. But if you're just like, yeah, there's, there's some posts. Yeah, well, yeah, you know. It's... As long as it doesn't contradict what's already been established, it's fine. I love it, yeah. Um, you know, if the players are walking through a marketplace, you can't say, well, I'm going to hide in the bustle caused by the parade that's coming by. What, what parade? Nobody, there's no parade going on. We've said it's a marketplace. Right. So those, those are dealing with some situations. Uh, other tips for new GMs that I can think of? Uh, don't give up. Certainly don't give up on it. You know, it, maybe you do have a, a, bad, a bad session or, you know, maybe a couple of sessions that just don't go so well. Just don't give up on it, you know. It, it's, and everybody has bad sessions. Yeah. I, had, I had one where after I've already been, you know, DMing for decades and playing this specific system for years and I screwed up I got frustrated and things didn't go the way I wanted to and we just like it and it was kind of obvious at that point so we're like okay let's finish let's wrap up the game we'll come back next week we'll give it another shot get back on the horse yeah. you know and just keep going don't give up um, you're better than you think you are yeah I gotta I would say again you know practice makes perfect so just keep keep at it keep practicing everyone has bad days another thing I would say uh, an important tip and that, you know, is if you're having fun, don't be afraid to go long. But if it's a bad session, don't be afraid to cut short. Because right. I'd rather have a short session that wasn't that great than a long, drawn-out session of you trying to recover the whole time. Yeah. Let's just call it a day and come back next week and see what happens. Or even just a break. Yeah. Hey, everyone, let's take a 10-minute break. Yeah, but, you which know, is, like, which it, is really important. A lot of players may not realize that the GM is always on. When you're playing, the GM is always playing, oh, yeah. except for when you take a break. The players, they're doing their stuff. Oh, it's somebody else's turn. I can look at my phone. I can flip through the book. I don't have to be on right now. They can eat the snacks I brought, take a drink or something. Mm-hmm. GM, you can't do that. Yeah. If you're, if you're the GM and you're sitting down ready to eat a meal, forget it. <laughs> even when even when it's just your players interacting with each other, because we've spoken about this in a few of the past shows, yeah. the GM should be listening in, paying attention to what they do so that they can start to get a heads up on what they're going to do next. And as a DM, they can start to have an idea of how to plan for that. Yeah, right. plotting, planning, brooding. And speaking of plotting and planning, I would think, certain, you know, again, you might find yourself in situations where you just can't, but tr- prepare. And on the basic level... Know the, I would say, know the beginning, the middle, and the end of the story you're trying to tell, and then break it down by session. You know, this session, what's the beginning, the middle, and the end of this session, based on the way you would like it to go. Now, and then realize it's never going to go that way. Right, and if it doesn't go that way, that's fine. You know, if if they if they deviate from that, that's okay. Or you know, if you have to lead them along a little bit, that's okay too. But have those things kind of prepared and ready. You know, so that you know what's going on. You know, and maybe you plan on them getting attacked by thugs, but uh, instead they decide they want to go kill some hobgoblins. Well, it's the same basic encounter. Yeah. You can just you you can just you can just flip it. Mm-hmm. You know. Change um, the name. Change a couple yeah, stats real yeah, quick. Exactly. Who cares? I think I did that to my players once, where I was they were given the choice of three quests: mm-hmm. um, invest, investigate missing persons, check out the strange occurrences in the woods, or recover this artifact from. A grave. And what it was, was if they went to recover the artifact, the graveyard was full of zombies. 
If they're looking for, if they're investigating the strange creatures, zombies in a graveyard in the woods. Missing persons, kidnapped, killed by zombies at the <laughs> grave in the woods. So they thought they had three different choices, but I had just one thing planned. And no matter what they chose, they were going to go do that. <laughs> GM and made easy, folks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that would be probably another tip I'd, you know, throw in there that would be, you know, in your early early stages of GMing, I recommend, you know, it's better to be overprepared than underprepared. You yeah. know, I know we've had the conversations and topics of, you know, prep versus improv, yeah. but in my opinion, that's more of a conversation for your intermediate and more experienced, you know, GMs. Yeah. Uh, I think for early stages, there's no such thing as enough prep. Because, right. again, even if you end up not using half of what's you know in front of you, that's fine, but you yeah. don't want to be... You don't want to be caught off guard. You don't, I mean, and again, we like we said, you're, there's always going to ask questions. You're always going to be a little bit unprepared because you never know what your players are going to come up with. But that's where the more prepared you are, the, the better off you're going to be. And you may want to push your players to a directed path rather than being, okay, you're in town, what do you want to do? Instead be, you're in town, there's a message board with quests available, which of these quests would you like to accept? Sure. Maybe they were all summoned by some nobles and king. Yeah, but keep a it a little, quest. a little more storyline directed, a little more, you know, railroaded than sandbox. Yeah. You know, or, just so that you're more prepared for what's coming up. Yeah, another really good spot, and again, this is just for like, you know, this might not be your cup of tea, this might not be what you want to do in the long run, but if you just want to get your feet wet, buy a module and just run the module. Read the module inside and out, know yeah. everything that there is to know, yeah. and then you're playing a very linear path. Look, guys, we're playing this module. Let everyone at the table know we're playing this module. It doesn't mean go out and buy it so you know what's coming ahead, but it's just so you know we're playing a module. So this is going to be very linear. Yeah. It's going to be very cut and dry. I'm going to be reading, um, you know, pre-written narratives. We're going to be going and hacking this dungeon. And that's all there is to it. So don't go trying to establish your own farmland. Don't be going off and trying to, you know, overthrow the Lich King in the next town. This is what's happening. Right. <laughs> you know, if you have the ideas for that in the future, when I run another game, that's cool. Great. Fine. You know, make notes. But right now we're just going to run this module. And it's a perfect way to get your feet wet. All the prep's done for you. You just get used to just being at the head of the table and just running the show. I think we're about to the point where we need to start wrapping up. I do have one more point that I wanted to bring up that we should have hit beforehand because, in retrospect, it's kind of an obvious big point. Uh, but that's in having the discussion with your players. Don't just talk to them about DMing afterwards or beforehand. When talking to your players, don't just talking to them about wanting to DM beforehand. Talk to them after you DM. Get feedback. How did I do? What did you like? What did you not like? Get that input from your players, that dialogue, the communication, the player trust we're always talking about so that you can improve and grow and give things that are a little bit more towards what your players are actually looking to see. It yeah. also gives them a chance to kind of, you know, depending on how much you want to share, to to share that, well, this is what my thought process was. This is why I decided to run it that way. And then it gives your, you know, can give your players a little bit of behind the scenes, too, of like what how your style is of DM. Okay, I understand, you know, you didn't want to give us all the information right off the bat there because you wanted to let us come to, you know, some, you know, figure out some things on our own or whatever the case is going, you know, you know, but just kind of gives them some, you know, some, uh, a sneak peek into your style, you know, and, and your, your thought process. So, you know, going together, you guys can have a more, uh, symbiotic kind of relationship at the table. And you could also get ideas from the conversations you have like, Oh, I did this because I thought this guy was going to be the undercover assassin in this. And now you're like, Oh, I guess I should put like an undercover assassin somewhere in the court. So when they do route them out, they're like, see, I knew it. I knew it was somebody. <laughs> Give your players that win so that you seem like the awesome DM. 
well, you are an awesome DM. You just haven't figured out how to do it yet. Yeah, and then I think my final note um, for closing out is this is something that I've said in several sessions before, but since it's for, you know, this is specifically for the new DMs, is remember that your players are the heroes. Remember that they should be in the spotlight. They are, you know, it's not player versus DM. It's not you versus them. It's you telling a story, and they should be the stars of the story. So don't have your uh, NPCs stealing the spotlight. You know, make sure that you let the players at the table each you know, in turn have a spotlight and make sure that they win the game, so to speak. Yeah, uh, the, that's something that we talk about a bit. That's something that it's easy for GMs to forget at times because they want, they, I, I wrote my story. I want to run my story. No, it's not your story. You wrote out um, a, a basic plot or an outline of a story, something you want to have happen. It may not go that way. Um, you are all at the table to come here to play a game and to have fun. And maybe this is a good place to end it, but think of the rule of fun. Just make sure everyone's having a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can do that, if you can run a game, even if even if you don't know the rules, even if your story's kind of basic, even if you're kind of nervous, at the end of the day, if everyone's seeming to have a good time, then that means you're doing absolutely fine. Yeah, if everyone had fun, then you won also. Yeah, I can't think of any other any other way to top that. Just make sure everybody has fun, has a good time, and you're going to be considered an awesome DM. I had a speechless moment. <laughs> so we are finishing up for today. Uh, if you have any questions about trying to be a first-time DM or you want to share your stories or just let us know how it goes, definitely feel free to get in touch with us. We are available on Facebook. We're on Twitter at GMS Studios. And, of course, our message boards, Game Master Studios proboards.com we are on here every week with new advice definitely feel free to listen in catch up and we'll see you the next time that we are in the studio